Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A Quilting Life podcast. We are taping for the episode on Monday, August 31st. Today's actually just Saturday the 29th, so we're just two just a days. a couple days before. Right, a couple <laughs> days before. I'm Sherry McConnell. And I'm Chelsea Stratton. And welcome to the podcast. Yep, we're so happy to be here again. Um, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you will see that we are wearing headphones today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're kind of like excited about it because... Uh, We've, yeah, we've never done this before. So it's kind of different experience for us. And right. Uh, we can yeah. hear each other. Yeah. We can hear each other um, so. really well, which is, is nice. Yeah. Hopefully so. it's good for the sound quality on all the podcast platforms and yeah. on YouTube as well. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to just get started. We have a full, full list of things yeah, to talk so about many today. Things today. Yes. So first, I just want to mention, we're not going to have an old favorite because neither one of us thought of one, but I have not today. <laughs> two new finds. So the first one is, I actually shared this on my Saturday 7 on Saturday, but... I need those. These so are the best pens. They are the Zebra Mild Liners, and they have two tips. One is oh. um, like a chisel tip for highlighting. And the other one is a regular tip. And I love them that you can highlight and nothing smears or bleeds. And they're just such pretty colors. They're really making my... So they're double-sided? They're double-sided. Is that how it works? Yeah, can we see one? Yeah. So they're really making my planner look beautiful. Yeah, I need some. And they're just kind of like a, a mild pastel color. And you'll link to those. I'll link to these in oh, the cool. show notes and in the description. They're just great pens. Okay. That was totally unrelated to quilting, but I love them. Well, I, w I wouldn't say it's unrelated to quilting because I feel like as quilters, like we love to write to-do lists That's and true. we love to plan. And sometimes when you're working on a project, maybe you need to highlight certain things of color and other things of color that I respond to uh, colors right. really well. And so it kind of helps keep me organized. So yeah. totally quilting related, you guys. Awesome. Okay. And okay. then the other uh, new find is just to let you know that I am teaching a class through Martingale U, which is the publisher of my Labor of Love quilting book. And I'm teaching one of the projects from the book, the Family Tree Pillow. And signups are going to so open cute. on September 8th. And they are going to be limited. So it's an online class and it has six different sessions, including a Q&A at the midway point. And there are three other great teachers that you can take from Corey Yoder and Kathy Schmitz and Stacy West of Buttermilk Basin. So Fun. all four of us. Yeah. And That's so awesome. you get a discount if you take more than one class and each class is the same format, six different sessions and Anyway, just mark that on your calendar. I'll put a link to the sign-up page. For I've heard you talk about it. It sounds so. really, really exciting. I'm super excited. I just actually finished filming Oh, today, the last little session this morning. And uh. also, if you don't want to make a pillow with my project, you can do a wall hanging. A little cute wall hanging. Yeah, and there will be kits to make this exact version available. I love on the back that you have... Oh, the yeah, two different ways. So to... you can slide the dowel through oh, there. Oh, through there. Okay, and it helps hold helps it. Hold oh, it. okay. Yep. I was wondering why you had this third one. Yep, right there. So also, okay. I wanted to make note: 
the labor of love quilt that you have on the table is spiral bound. Oh yeah. That is super cool. Yeah. I actually had my son get this done for me, but Oh, you had it done. I had it done after. So you can take any of your quilt books to a copy store and they can spiral (gasps) bind it for you. What? And then it just makes it so much easier. You had to to keep it open? Yes. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I just noticed that. I'm glad you noticed that. Uh, okay. So I just want to talk about the quilt hanging on the wall today. So this is one of my patterns. It's called community and it is fat quarter friendly. And I actually made this in our Harper's garden collection and it's just cute houses with a heart in the window. Uh, you'll be able to, we'll link this in the show notes. And so you'll be able to find it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really love this one. It actually goes together super, super quick and just a lot of fun to make. I love that quilt. I love house quilts just in general. So designing that one was a lot of fun. All right. Should Um, we move on? Quilt on the table. Oh yes. Thank you. So the quilt on the table today is actually one of my new quilt patterns and it is going to be available in my shop early September. I made it using our new collection, Happy Days, and it's a row quilt. So we have like log cabins, two different types of stars, cute houses, flags, and I've had some questions, but these are clouds. (laughs) (laughs) So cute little clouds. And this is fat eighth friendly and it's a lot of fun to make too. So, and I will be showing more, I think all of my quilts, um, on our next podcast, hopefully, or, um, in a couple podcasts right from now, I had one just came back from our quilter, Marion, and she did the cutest design. And I know we talked about last time, a favorites list of quilting. And this one is going on the favorites list. It's so, so cute. Yeah. I love the design yeah. she did on that one. I'm surprised you didn't bring that one today to put I, on the ladder. I did actually. I should have oh, put it on. Yeah. yeah. I was going to take pictures at your house of it. Oh. And then you guys, mom actually pieced one for me that is super, super cute. It's um, a flower quilt. So it's really fun. I will. Uh, I started homeschooling. I think people probably know this. I posted about it and mom kind of has saved me with my workload, which has been very nice. So thank you, mom. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. Are we ready to go through our questions? Let's dive in. We always have so many. I'm always, I'm like, what if like nobody asks us a question? And then every time you guys have the best questions and I'm like, whoa, that was a good one. So no, I did a survey on the blog a couple oh, weeks ago cool. and I got 175 responses. <gasps> oh my goodness. So we have quite a few questions, but if you have one, keep sending those in too. Yeah. So this will just, I'll, I'll keep that bank of questions for. Yeah. Um, keep sending them in. But keep sending we them in. Them. We love them. Yes. Mm. All right. Shall so, we get started? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how many uh, works in progresses do you have? Is that how I say? Yeah. Work in progress. Work in progress. Or UFOs. Yeah. UFOs. However so you call it. Some people are like, what, what kind of, what whips do you have? Right. Like, um, and I counted mine last night and I only have three. So I kind of felt kind of proud of myself. I'm more of a, I have, if I start it, I have to finish it. Uh, one is a Christmas project. One okay. is a, uh, fall slash Halloween project. Okay. And the other one is just something just normal. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, so just three. So I have a few more. I have Moda Blockheads 3, my Quilting Life Block of the Month. Oh, okay. And then I have my little log cabins. Those are so cute. I saw them and more little, last night. Yeah, my little village <laughs> houses. Um, I have a blue and white quilt I'm working on. I have a Ooh. Christmas quilt I'm working on. Is that five? Six? Are you using... Minnick and Simpson on that blue and white quilt. Yes. Okay. I yeah. thought I knew what you were talking about. Right. It's yeah. And it's really a plus pretty. quilt. It's really <gasps> cute. It's one of Lori Simpson's patterns. Oh, I got to get that done. <laughs> I keep wanting to add more of her fabrics. You know what mom will be out. doing today. <laughs> so, yeah. So six, but oh, I'm doing another one that I'm going to actually be sharing in September. So that's seven. And then I think I have couple things that I started and never finished. So I would just have to say 10. So these are all things you've actually started, not like yeah. quilt. Okay. Cause I have right. three quilts that I like need to make. Right. But, but you haven't actually, I started. haven't actually started them. So I don't think they count. Right. Which is good for my tally right now. Yeah. No, I like to keep it under a dozen. So I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> she likes to keep it under a dozen. So. You guys. I think, yeah, I think at one time I had 24 and that was too oh many. Oh my goodness. Too many. So. Wow. Okay. Number two, how do you press your seams open or to the side and why? And my answer for this is that I press them open a lot when I'm doing half square triangles, especially if I'm making half square triangles just to have, and I don't know where they're going to go. I like to have the seams open so they're easily used and... It but reduces most, bulk. Yeah, it reduces bulk. Totally for does. But most of the time I will press to the side, to the dark side, I would say. 85% the of the dark time. Side. <laughs> yeah. 85% of the time. I love saying that. Yeah, or to the direction it naturally falls. That that's what I do right. for the most part. Okay. Uh I I tend not to press my seams open, uh, but I know that it does reduce the bulk. So I don't know. It just depends. Okay. Okay. So after a day of work, sewing, etc., what does your evening look like? Or maybe you sew into the wee hours of the morning. And I really liked this question because my schedule has totally changed with me starting homeschool this week. So I get up every day and the girls and I homeschool. And then before I used to say I worked till noon and I've talked about that on the podcast, but I've switched it to 1230 to 3:30 is when I work and the girls are totally good with that. And they have free time that they're able to do things. Uh, and then after that I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I make dinner and I go to bed. It's just been kind of the same thing every day this week, but I do love the schedule and I'm getting a lot done in those three hours. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. My um my evenings are usually doing handwork, honestly. I've been doing yeah. so many grandmother's flower garden blocks and I'm doing that Christmas. You quilt. have. Has it become an addiction? So yeah, I'll, I'll have to show them on our next episode of the podcast. They're so cute. I don't know how you can stop. They're yeah, adorable. I think I've got ten done now. So oh basically goodness. in the evening I I do those or I bind quilts while I watch TV. I, I did the binding on um, the wall hanging. You're so for quick my at class. binding though too. So like you could bind like two quilts in a night. I know you could. Oh, 
And if I don't have any handwork or any binding, I'll sometimes do housework in the evening. So that's kind of... <laughs> Okay, so exciting. your exciting evening. evening. Yes. So what size is your sewing room? Okay, so my new sewing room is about 16 by 16. And my old sewing room was 10 by 11. Yeah. So, And mine is about 8 feet by 8 feet. But that is like a super functional space for me. And, my, and mom has seen it, yeah. so she knows uh, it works really, really well. So yeah, I've shared pictures of it on social media and I actually just added, I need to get another picture of that. I'll actually, we can post a picture here cause I took a new picture. Oh, okay. Um, and I talked about it on the last podcast, but I added another table in there. So a separate sewing table and the other table is now a cutting table and it still is functional. So yeah. you can still take a small space and make it work. Absolutely. You know? I was going to ask you too, are you still storing some stuff in your closet or is everything out in the room Most now? everything is out on the shelves okay. because we did floor to ceiling. We added the extensions and my husband did uh, all of the trim work and everything. So yeah, I finally have a closet again, you guys. Oh, good. <laughs> so I still store things in there, right? but it's not nearly as much like crammed right. as it was before. Oh, good. Okay. So... Number five, mm -hmm. the, this person wanted to know the basic plan and tips for selecting and carrying out projects, examples of ways you keep projects organized, and a third part of her question was finding the joy in each aspect of sewing and quilting. I love that question. So yeah, it's actually, it's really actually three great questions yeah. in one. So, um, so let's just take it one part at a time. Basic plan and tips for selecting and carrying out projects. Uh, I mean, I feel like you should take the reins on this one. But for me, when I'm selecting, I feel like, okay, so I have two different sections of projects, which is what I'll start out with. The projects with like a new fabric line. Mm -hmm. So those are like, of course, I need to to do those because they're with, they're accompanying a fabric line. Right. But when I'm picking like a personal project, uh, it's just always, I, I actually have a little box I got from target and I keep the patterns that I'm just like waiting to quilt oh, uh -huh. and I have them up on a shelf in that box. And those are the ones that I want to do next when I have time. And so it's exciting. Cause I'm like, Oh, when am I going to be able to get to those? Okay. But I know that it'll be worth the wait. So, right. That's a great idea. Yeah. I have a list of bucket list projects yeah. that I want to do someday. And that's a great idea to keep the patterns all together. Yeah, It's like a little file box, like a photo box actually. Right. And I just keep them in there uh -huh. because I, I also store my pattern, all my other patterns, like in a box uh -huh. that I have. And, but these ones I know I want to make next. Oh, that's so. a good idea. Yeah. And, um, for carrying out, I, when I start something, I'll usually have a plan in mind if I'm going to finish it quickly or if I'm going to yeah, me make too. It. Yeah, I, into a long-term project. I know. And normally I'm so excited about a new project that I really am like focused on finishing it. So. Yeah. Okay. Number two, examples of ways you keep projects organized. So I have project boxes for some of my projects, but what I really, what I have most of my current projects in are drawers in an alpha 
um, rolling oh, cart drawer unit. Those and are perfect for that. I love it because they get the airflow and I can even actually link to what I use, but they're not trapped in a plastic box. Yeah. So I feel like the fabric, the air flows through. It's just the I've white heard that. wire mesh. Sometimes it can, they can, can smell different if yeah. you keep them just in a plastic box for a while. That's yeah. genius. Okay. So I just slide open the drawer and there's the project. So. Well, maybe I should switch it up because I do keep my projects in separate boxes, but normally it's to just keep them separate from other things. Right. Like right now. Oh, so when I dropped off the quilt that you sewed for me, I brought it in a plastic box because I knew everything you needed was in that box. Right. But now like it's done, you return the box to me and I, I put like scraps in it already. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm like, yay, one more plastic box. But Yeah. No, that was actually really helpful because she did. I, I made one of her quilts for her yeah. and everything was in the box and I was able to keep it separate from my stuff. Yeah. It so, helps. Yeah. Definitely. That was great. Yeah. Um, and then the final part, finding the joy in each aspect of sewing and quilting. I would, I would say, okay, I'm going to talk, I'll talk about both. I'm always so excited to sew the quilts from a new fabric line because it's new. I'm excited to show the new fabrics off, but again, going back to personal projects, um, I feel like I try not to rush those because they don't have a deadline and that's where I find the joy in that. So it's a little bit different types of joy, but I feel like just doing it at my own pace is kind of refreshing, mm -hmm. which keeps me super happy about the project. Yeah. I, I really feel like I do enjoy every aspect. Um, you know, if you're, if you're choosing a project, that's yeah. fun picking the fabric, matching it to the pattern. If you're cutting it out, that's really fun. Cause now, you know, you've, you've actually embarked on the project and yeah. I love the sewing. I love thinking of ways I can make that go faster um, but, and then I, I enjoy the binding at the very end, kind of revisiting the project. You do. And you taught me that because I was like, well, I just want to get this done really quickly, but it's kind of nice to sit down at night and turn on a movie or a show and right. just bind. Right. It gives you something. Cause I'm the type of person I can't like just sit still. So I need to be doing like multiple things at once. Right. And that is actually super helpful. Right. I'm that way too. It's hard for me just to watch a TV show or a movie if I don't have, have something, something in my yeah. hands. Yeah. Okay, I, six. Oh yeah. Number six. Okay. I have too many projects. How do you choose what to do first? Hallelujah. Because that <laughs> is like going back to my photo box of my patterns. And when I get to that stage where I'm able to sew a pattern that's like not my own pattern, it's kind of hard to choose because yeah. you're like, oh, which one do I want to start first? Do I want to start them all? Do I want to, you know, so uh, it's difficult. I, I would say I always gravitate towards one more than the others. I always do. It just kind of like depends where I'm at and how I'm feeling. So, so when you're looking at them, one will just kind of stand out. Yeah. One you. stands out yeah. for sure. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of do the same thing. I, I do have lists the, of things that I want to do in the future and things that I'm going to do. And so I, I think it just helps me just to look over my lists and same thing. Like yeah. something will just stand out. This is what I want to do first. And it may not be your first pick from the last time you went through your list. Exactly. It could change. Right. So, 
Yeah, which is unless fine. there's a gift that you need to make for somebody. That I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of Christmas sewing coming up. So oh, yes. that will probably take priority. Can you believe it's like yeah. almost September? <laughs> we need to get started. <laughs> um, seven is a quick one. How many hours yeah. a day do you sew? And does your back ever get achy from all that sewing? And uh, yes. Yes. I do have shoulder back issues yeah. once in a while on those really long days. I Yeah. Feel like when I was finishing this quilt for Chelsea this week, um, oh, the sorry. last day I put it together, I think it was about a five or six hours of sewing. Oh my goodness! That last day. So, but generally, I'm lucky if I get to sew two hours a day. I would say on a you know unless I'm f- trying to really finish up something, get it to the quilter. I'm I'm only going to sew one to two hours. I would say the same because. Although I have that three hour window now from 12 to 3.30 that I've scheduled for myself to work, some of that includes other work. So it's not always sewing. So I would say anywhere from an hour, an hour is pretty good for me. Right. An hour to two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I generally try to do all of, I try to work in my office from nine to noon and be done in the office, eat lunch, and then hopefully sew for a couple hours in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. So when let's you number skip to number number nine. nine? Let's do number nine. Yeah, we kind of answered number eight. Yeah. Uh how can you best organize your quilting materials when your workspace is somewhere like a dining room table where you have to constantly set up and take down? Sometimes it seems like so much effort that I avoid setting it up and miss out on time that I could be sewing. I loved this question so much because that's what I started out doing. Me too. (laughs) My, yeah, my cutting table was my kitchen Island. My sewing table was out on the kitchen table. I was laying out fabrics and everything. And with young kids, I was constantly moving back and forth in between my, my bedroom and the kitchen. And I mean, I think what I would say is just, it's such a hard question to answer, but I think it's fine if you do that. I think like so many people have actually had to do this. It's totally fine that like your home in general is your sewing space. Right. Um, I think with me, with having little kids, I had to be really careful. Like where was my rotary cutter? Was I putting it up on a shelf? Where were my pins? Like, right. but I, I would say, Plastic bins would help if you're um, cutting out pieces for certain sections of a quilt, like set all your sashing in a box or set all your, you know, and lay those out or, you know, and keep all of your, your tools like in a separate bag so that, you know, every time you use it, you have to put it away. Like, I think those are all helpful tips, but yeah, no, I was, I liked this question too. I was thinking you know, when I was first married, I think I always had my sewing machine in a corner of the master bedroom. You did. And then, then when we got our first house, we hardly ever used our dining room in that house. We always ate in the kitchen. And so the dining table was where I cut everything out and where I set up my sewing machine. But what I, what I have done in the times when I was you know, using the dining room table is I would kind of try to confiscate a closet where I could keep 
everything pretty well organized in boxes. And you did. So, I remember. Yeah. So I, I think it, if you don't have a space that you can leave it set up, if you can just get a closet or a few shelves that you can dedicate so that yeah. You can easily put things away and easily yeah. get them out. I think that really helped. Or even if you're in your kitchen and dining, consolidate items from one lower cabinet in your kitchen into another cabinet and then make that kind of like a space that you can keep things right where they're readily available to you. Right. Yeah. It's... um it is an effort, you it know, is. and the, the question, you know, it said sometimes it seems like so much effort that I avoid setting it up and miss out on time that I could be sewing. But and that is so hard. I remember yeah. that it, it would take, you know, a tat, you know, moving the sewing machine from the closet to the table. And yeah. Um, yeah. Or if you can find a corner where you can leave the sewing machine set up. Yeah, that's a great or option. even. Yeah. Add a little separate table in your dining room like, yeah. that you can sit at. Yeah, uh, that is so hard because hard. we love to sew and right. that's, you know, what you yeah. love to do. So, Okay, number 10. I love this question. I'm going to I'm going to do this one first, <laughs> if that's OK. <laughs> yeah. um, she said, I am loving the podcast. It's fun hearing the behind the scenes of the design process as well about as well as hearing about things you love. I am wondering how you store and rotate all of your quilts since you have so many. I just completed some patriotic quilts and I'm trying to decide the best way to store them once it's time to decorate for fall and then Christmas. How often do you wash your quilts? I want to keep mine in good condition, but worry about the wear on and tear on them if they are washed too much. So really two different questions. How do you yeah. store them? And, and uh, the question about washing. Yeah. So I am really blessed in this house that we moved into. I have two great closets to store my quilts in. And when we moved in, I just wanted to get them on the shelves. And I did keep all the Christmas quilts together and all the fall quilts together and all the patriotic quilts together, but everything else is kind of a mess. And that's actually what I'm doing this afternoon. I'm taking oh, fun. all those quilts out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a list by shelf of what quilt. So you know. So I know. Just in case you need one for something yes. or to show it. Or, right. That is such a good idea to yeah. do an inventory on it. Yes. So, and I have a dresser that has a lot of um, my smaller table runners. Oh. Projects like yeah, that. Yeah, in the guest room. Yeah, I'm going to inventory those. I'm going to inventory where everything is at. And then pillows, I feel like you can take the inserts out. And store them flat and oh. rotate the inserts so that you don't have to purchase as That's many so smart. pillow inserts. That way you can keep changing things up in your home and right. then you know where to go back and find them. And Right. Wow. And then you don't need so much space to sew, yeah. store pillows. In it. So. Telephone call. <laughs> and... <laughs> We're so excited about the sound effects, you guys. Yes. <laughs> we had to get something in there. That was perfect. It, we planned it. <laughs> no, no, we I, really didn't. We did. It. <laughs> I was going to go back and say it is important to store your quilts, though, so that they don't always have direct sunlight. Yes. It does affect them over time. And so my quilts, I have that uh, cabinet in my family room. And it is, it has no direct sunlight. So I keep those quilts out on that shelf. 
Oh, right. Um, but no direct sunlight is hitting them, which is great. And then I have a cabinet that has glass on the doors and cause I love to display my quilts. I love to show them. And so I can see them in there, but they're not getting direct sunlight. And then the quilts on my ladder don't get direct sunlight either. So it is important because it will affect them over time. Like you probably won't notice it, but over time you probably would. So it's good to rotate them, you know, around a room or like change a quilt off of a bed, you know, over time. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of the, I'm getting itchy to kind of change out the decor yeah the red white blue has has been up all summer yep mine too I don't know if I'm quite ready for pumpkins yet are you or what do you do in between I asked this question on my blog the other day and I got a couple of good answers one reader suggested sunflowers for fall very good um so I don't know what do you do in this in between it's it's too early for pumpkins, right? This is what is so hard, especially living in Southern Nevada. Right. It is so ridiculously hot right now that we can't, our minds cannot even think about fall. Right. But we're sewing fall and Christmas projects. And so it's really hard because you look at it and you're just like, no, it's <laughs> not fall yet. We can't set this out, you know? Right. And so I, I tend to leave my summer stuff up just a little bit longer, but you want to know what has helped is my Balboa quilts are out right now because they're kind of a different summer feel. Yeah, they're they very are. ocean inspired. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, at least they make me feel cooler. Like, Yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll take down the red, white, and blue and put Balboa everywhere. Yeah, Balboa, just something like different. Yeah. But the sunflower one was genius. I love that because it's kind yeah. of like summer, right. a little bit of fall. But yeah, I have that pumpkin quilt that I just got back from American Patchwork and Quilting. Right. And I'm like, I can't set this out yet. Right. It's over 100 degrees. So <laughs> I agree. Okay, maybe, let's. Maybe uh, when we hit the 90s, I'll yeah. think about it. Yeah. So I know we, we saw rain clouds in the distance this morning and I got all excited and then they went away. And then they went away. Um, last part of this question about washing. I I have thought about this a lot too, and that's one reason why I try to have seasonal quilts for all the beds, so it's not just the same quilt on the bed all year. Yeah, and that way I feel like I have a summer quilt, and then I'll put, keep it out for three months um, and just wash it a couple times in there. Um, our, in the summer, we don't need a quilt. So yeah, you don't. It's always off the bed it's only for yeah, like you, decoration you could roll during it down. the day right we roll yeah. it down so but in the in the winter I do wash them a bit more but I have more quilts that I can rotate when it's cold so yeah but, I definitely wash my kids quilts you know uh more often than I would wash right others right but yeah I do feel like it you know, and that's why we need to make lots of quilts as quilters, yeah. right? So we don't wear, put too much wear and tear on them. <laughs> that That's, and I've talked about this before, but that's been my goal right now is making a seasonal quilt for every single bed in the house, which is a lot of work. It that's is. a lot of like seasons. And yes, so it's on my list to do. Yeah. Um, 11, we've kind of talked a little yeah. bit about it. Do you organize your days so that you always allot certain times for sewing, certain times for creating? Yeah. We so, talked yeah, about that. We've talked about that. I've changed my time slot for it. So, right. So, and I do kind of, um, I've been doing a lot of time tracking this week just to see how long different things take me so I can do better 
at scheduling those times. You're so good at that. So it's been interesting. Please give me a, okay. <laughs> a template of something to, to help me with time management. This next one, I'm hoping Chelsea has some good ideas. I do. Okay, good. I do. So it says, how do you organize on your phone slash tablet, quilting items you want to save, patterns, tips, blog posts, etc." Uh, so in my photos folder, like as the, if there is something that really inspires me, I just put it in that folder. That way I can go back to that. Like if I want to make that cool pattern, like I'll screenshot something. Instagram also has a save feature, but I feel like I mindlessly save so many things that it's hard to go back and find them. So if I really love something, I put it in a photos folder in so my phone. Do you have a separate folder that's separate labeled folder. like inspiring yep. or, oh, yep. okay. Like quilt, like I have a separate one for like, well, like for my blog. So I know like those pictures I want to put in my blog, but like for this one, it's insp like quilt inspiration. Okay. And then I can go through that and I can say, wow, that was something I put in there a year ago. And I really love that. Like I'd love to, you know, make that. Right. Uh, so that's what I do. That's a great I, idea. You know, everyone, if you're using a tablet, you're going to have a document section that you can put everything in. Um, right. And you can always save like blog posts. You can save them on your phone. I know you can do that. Right. Uh, I will sometimes use the Apple notes app and I will write myself a note or put a link to a post or. Yes. That's what I meant. Copy Saving and paste like a it. link. And yeah. then. I will either text it or email it to myself using that app so that it's on my computer yeah. if it's something that I need when working on my computer. And if it's something I just need to do during the day, I'll text myself and I won't open that text until I've done it and then I'll open it and delete it. See, I should mention that I use the notes feature on my phone as well and I will save links or ideas like when I'm working on a fabric collection like sometimes I'll randomly like come up with a name for a print that I want to name something and I'll be like, I'm going to write that down. And so I have a list and it's just about, you know, keeping lists and folders and phones nowadays are a great way to do that. You know, things have totally changed where you're able to store so much information on your phone. Right. Yeah. I like that. And I feel like also it is important to review because I, I sometimes oh, will yeah. go through and just delete a whole bunch of notes that don't matter anymore yeah. so I do that too yeah and it feels so good I'm like yes I just deleted all this stuff that I don't need anymore right okay uh the next one I thought this was an interesting one at the end it says what profession did you do before quilting so I don't know if we've ever talked about that uh yeah we haven't so, so okay so I would say obviously like stay at home mom was my, which I still am. That's like my number one in my life. Uh, but I actually was a pharmacy technician <laughs> before, <laughs> before I started the quilting. Uh, and I still have my license. I was actually going to call you the other day because I'm about ready to renew everything. I have oh. to do continuing education for it every two years. And uh -huh. then I, just renew my license. I, th I think it's still important for me to have that. Yeah, I think I worked so too. And my parents helped me out so much while I was um, working on that. And so, and I had kids at the time and it was a lot of work. So you never know. It just could be something I could fall back on. But uh, right. 
I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that I have it, but yeah, yeah. it's a good license to have. I think you it is. Keep yeah. It. Yeah. And then as for me, I have, you have taught totally. English for years, for years. Actually, the first semester I taught, I was a grad assistant at UNLV back in the day when <laughs> I was actually pregnant with Chelsea almost that oh, really? whole year. My first year as a grad assistant. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I did, I took a lot of years off to stay home with the kids and I did substitute teaching. And then back in 2011, I started teaching again at the community college, just one class every semester. Yeah. And I actually, this is the first semester since then yeah. that I'm not teaching. And I decided, it's so strange that yeah. you're not doing it, but it was good. It was good. It was time. I loved working with yeah. young adults. I love reading young adult writing. And so. You had wonderful writers I over the years. I had some great students. Wonderful and writers. I'm missing it a little bit just because I'll, the, I'll read something or find something yeah. and think, oh, I need to share this with my class and then I realized oh you don't have a class yeah. <laughs> so and speaking of the years that you substituted so you guys mom was like <laughs> she was oh, totally no. the room mom she was like at the parties but she also would substitute while I was in elementary school mainly I think elementary school when I was in school uh, I don't remember you being my middle school or high school substitute. Yeah, I ever. think I might've been teaching at the college by then. Yeah. So. And I always thought it was so fun when my mom was my sub that day. Uh, my fifth grade teacher would call her a lot. And so she would sub and it was really cool for me. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. One more question. This one is a great one also. As a relatively new quilter, I have been buying fabric to use for a specific project. I want to develop a stash, but I don't know where to start. Any suggestions on how much yardage to buy if I see a fabric I love, but don't have a specific project in mind? Oh, that's a good question. Great question. Any pre-cuts that are more handy to have than others? Any advice on a go-to background fabric that I can keep on hand? So actually, basically... Three questions. Yeah. Number one, how much would you buy if you see a fabric you love, but you don't have a specific project? Just recently I did that and I got a half yard of everything. Okay. Of like five different things because okay. I knew I wanted to make a baby quilt out of them. Okay. Um. And so, yeah. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe your answer is different. So. Well, I don't know. Like if I think if I'm buying a pre-cut, and I, like it has everything in it. has everything in it, but I think I might want to make a project with it and not make it scrappy. I will buy at least a yard of two different prints so I can use oh, okay. one for border, one for binding. But sometimes you find a fabric that you just love and I'll get five yards because yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I can use it for a backing and then maybe have scraps to use yeah. for something else. I think for mine specifically, I knew five half yards of this print would make a baby quilt. So that's why I only got half yards. Right. Uh, but that's a good idea. Like obviously if you see a floral that you're like, uh, I need that for a backing. Right. Um, plus I'll have extra pieces. Right. Um, but I was also going to say like pre-cuts will give you great scraps. Like yes. I actually, this quilt on the table you're going to have great scraps from this quilt. It's a, it works perfect for a fat eighth quilt, but you're going to have great scraps to use in other projects. And then I organize all my scraps by color. 
So I don't know. Yeah. I I feel so too. So I feel like, you know, think about if you love a fabric, yeah, how you might use it, backing, border. Um, and then her second question, any pre-cuts that are more handy to have than others? Of course, I feel like fat quarter fat bundles quarters. are the best, but they're the most expensive. Yes. So after that, I would get a fat eighth bundle. Yeah. Because, and then if, if you do, look at what you make. If you make a lot of strip quilts, you might want to get jelly rolls. Yeah. I was going to so. say fat quarter, most expensive, but you're going to get great scraps out of that. Right. And you're still going to get great scraps. So if you're thinking, if that's your mindset, I would go with that because right. you're going to have so much extra fabric. I feel like, I mean, yeah. there are patterns that use, like I'll have a pattern, my new origami quilt that I, that I showed on Instagram. Uh, you use 16 fat quarters, but you might want to consider buying a whole fat quarter bundle, you know, so you have the entire selection right. and then you're going to have 16 more fat quarters to make a whole nother quilt, you know? Right. So you could actually get more than one quilt. Oh, out definitely. Of a, bundle, so. a fat quarter bundle will make more than one oh, quilt. Oh yeah, usually. totally. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say too is if you're not sure that you want to put out the money for mm -hmm. that, buy a mini charm buy a pack. Mini charm. Or buy a charm pack and... So that you see every single print that right. is in the collection and then you can decide, do I really want to spend... It's easier to spend, you know, four fifty, right? instead of, you know, you more, know, more money yeah. on the entire line and then decide, I'm not really happy with this, you know? Yeah. And so that's a great idea. Yeah. And then her final question, any advice on a go-to background fabric... That I can keep on hand. And Ours is the same, I think. I think, yeah, I believe this is a great idea. If you can keep a lot of background fabric on hand, you can make a quilt with anything. Do it, yes. So get yards, keep it on hand. get yards and keep it stocked. And I generally have a few that I use. The Bella, Moda Bella 990060. Is the Bella Ivory. The ivory. And it coordinates with with our fabrics. Right. And it's the same color as our tone on tone print. Right. It's just our tone on tone gives you like more texture right. to look at, which is nice, but they are the same color. I've had people email me that. What is the Bella that matches? And it's Bella Ivory. Right. 990060. Yeah. And then I always try to purchase a bolt of our tone on tone. So I, I have too. several of them on my shelf right now and I can yeah. pull from them as needed. And then if I want something a little more white, I will get the 9900200. Mm -hmm. And it's the Bella 200. It's a more white. It's not an it's ivory, but it's not a bright white either. It's but not it, stark, which I love because I've seen the difference. And if it is too white, I'm like, whoa, like right. it's super, super bright. Yeah. The Bella 200, I feel like is a really good balance if you want to move more bright and more white. Right. And some and people prefer that. I actually made um, a couple quilts with it because sometimes I'm like, you want to know what? I want this to have a different look. Uh, I do tend to go towards the ivory because it's warmer and softer. Right. You know, when you look at it, but I agree. Those are my top two. Yeah. I think are great. And the 200 will work with our collections too. We did our. Oh um, yeah. They work great. Our Bloomtopia quilt was made with the 200. 200. So, and then also if I'm court, if I'm combining our fabrics with maybe something from Corey Yoder mm -hmm. or Joanna Figueroa, we'll use the Bella 200. I'll use the Bella 200 and they all work together that way. Yep. And I made my all American 
um, with a Bella 200 and with my Harper's garden. And it was awesome. It looked so good. Great. It worked kind of for the patriotic look that I was going for. So great. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's it. I don't have a tip of the day today. I feel like so many of the questions that we had today were tip related. Were tip related. So, yeah. uh, so t- and today's episode was a bonus episode. It was the yeah. third Monday of, of August, the month. right? Well, yeah. So we had five Mondays, yeah. and so we did three three episodes episodes in August. So yep. we'll get back on our regular schedule in September. Yep, and we will be podcasting on. Monday, September 7th. So just a week away. Yeah. So they'll kind of seem back to back, but uh, it's just going to get us back on schedule. Right. So So we'll have the first and third week of September will be those episodes. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining in, whether you're listening in on your favorite subscriber or if you're watching us on YouTube. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) And as always, we would love to have you sub subscribe on especially on apple and reviews especially on apple yes are really helpful we appreciate them so much yeah yeah that i i'm actually listening to a couple podcasts by a couple other people who just started about when we did oh really and they keep saying the same thing if you give us an apple review that's really helpful to get us (laughs) get us out there in the world yeah yeah we really appreciate it so all right thank you thank you so much for stopping by